the framework that we implemented, what we've done is we decided to make the uh, framework open source. So it's available uh, for everyone who wants to use it. It can be shared uh, in the, the notes podcast afterwards, I think. This is Time for Marketing, the marketing podcast that will tell you everything you've missed when you didn't attend the marketing conference. Hello and welcome to the Time for Marketing podcast, the podcast that brings you the best marketing conference speeches directly to your podcast listening app. My name is Peter and this is episode number 32 where we will be going to a conference in Hungary. But before we do that, as you know, podcasts are usually things that people should listen to and you, yes, you can help me to get more people to listen to this podcast. If you like the speakers that I had in the past and I know you will love today's speaker just tell anyone just people that you've heard that uh, are using podcast tell them timeformarketing.com is a great great website where you can get an interesting podcast and now we go directly to Belgium with me today is Jente de Rider Jente hello and welcome to the podcast hi peter thanks for having me here how are you doing? How is Belgium? The, I always imagine Belgium as uh, one of the European cold countries. Is this so? Well, we have global warming also here, so uh, uh, it, it's getting better. But uh, we, it's true, we have a lot of rain, but we do have our nice days as well. So, And loads of chocolates so that you or everything is better. And Belgium, are you, is that, uh, do you also have a lot of uh, fries? Or is that only a Dutch thing? No, no, no. Uh, fries that, being Dutch. It's definitely a Belgian thing. We have uh, the best fries in the world, best chocolate, uh, and also over a hundred very good beers. So uh, for, 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 for all those things, you should come to Belgium. All right. You should be paid by your tourist <laughs> community to help promote Belgium. Um, Jente, you are the managing partner and a, a digital analyst at a company called Stitched. Tell us a bit about the company and more interesting, tell us a bit more about what you do. What is your everyday work like? I'll start with Stitched. Uh, so Stitched is a digital analytics boutique consultancy firm active in Belgium and the Netherlands. And what we do is we help enterprise clients to get more value out of their data. They're mostly focused on their digital data. So our mission is actually to help those companies um, make use of the data they're gathering in tools like web analytics. Uh, because mm. what, what we mm. all too often see is that those companies have uh, a BI team or data scientists uh, in-house, but those teams are used to working with CRM data, point-of-sale data, but they don't really understand how the digital data is gathered because digital data, yeah, it's imperfect data, of course, and that can be quite hard for them to, uh, to get their minds around. So uh, what we do with Stitched is from our experience in the digital data, we team up with those internal BI teams of data scientists and we integrate the digital data in the entire data sets, the entire data warehouse of the company. So we mainly focus on uh, challenges like how do you cope with identification in a digital environment and those kind of things. All right. So how did you get into uh, analytics? I started in analytics over eight years ago now, I think, by working in an online marketing agency. So I learned 
yeah, everything involved in online marketing there. Uh, so the uh, advertising part, social, content creation, uh, search optimization, and also analytics. And uh, it was really that data part that, that, that motivated me the most. So after a year, I decided to switch to another company, could pick up a full-time uh, web analyst role. And I've been, start, I've, I've been building a team within that company since then. And mainly everything that I know about uh, digital analytics uh, is by learning it myself, by reaching out to the, uh, the measure community, reaching out to other people, reading blog posts. Uh, but it's it's hard to start in digital analytics as there's not really a any edu- education course preparing you for it. It's really mm-hmm. uh, your mm-hmm. internal motivation and your drive to to really understand things and go look them up, look them up yourself. I think I've invited you to the podcast because you had a very interesting presentation at the Super Week conference in Hungary. That's a conference at top of a hill. How was that? Well, it was a really nice experience. Um, so I've been to Super Week before also as a, as a participant. Um, and I really love that conference. So it's, I think, we have one of the leading conferences uh, within web analytics or digital analytics uh, in the world at the moment, mainly because of many of the thought leaders are there uh, for the entire week. Um, and you have, of course, great uh, uh, presentations being given. But the most valuable part is that everyone is there in the hotel uh, for an entire week. There's nothing in the neighborhood around. So it's indeed on top of a hill, more than an hour drive away from Budapest. So it's in the middle of nowhere. And all you have is the hotel, the lobby bar. There's a, uh, a, there's a big fire, uh, a campfire every night outside. You have a hot tub, a swimming pool. So there's a lot of room for uh, exchanging ideas with, uh, with your peers. Uh, really going to discussions about analytics, and that's what makes the experience really, really nice. So, which recommended to everyone uh, active in the digital analytics uh, sphere. I've I've seen the pictures of bonfires at night at front of the hotel. That looks really, really interesting. Um, your presentation was called A Vision for Sustainable Analytics Implementation. Um, we've chatted enough, I think. Let's go directly to your presentation. Yente, here are your five minutes. So what we've done at, uh, with the team of Stitched and with one of our clients, it's Ascent in the Netherlands. So it's an energy supplier. Uh, they're a market leader in the Netherlands. And over three years ago, we were asked by them to implement a new data layer because they were switching from a hard-coded uh, web analytics implementation to a uh, tag manager implementation. And they asked us to implement a new data layer, but they have a really complex landscape. They have different departments, uh, multiple brands, so many platforms. There were like eight different platforms uh, with all different CMSs being, ma- uh, being managed by develop- different development teams, different marketing teams. So it's your typical enterprise environment where there's a lot of uh, complex things and not everything is aligned. But the business, they require to have numbers across those brands, across those platforms, and they want to compare those numbers, only one dashboard, those kind of things. We start thinking from there, all right, what's the best approach to implement a data layer here? So one unified data layer across all those platforms. Also taking into account the challenges uh, within web analytics that we saw, where one of the biggest challenges was, of course, that normal in uh, traditional page ba- traditional web analytics is page-based, so you track every time URL changes, but uh, that is not really sufficient anymore. 
because more and more development frameworks are modular, uh, like Angular, for instance, you have single page applications. And it's not enough anymore to know that the, that the page has changed, but you want to know what was on the page at the moment. Same when you look at different devices being used, the, the screen size of people coming to your website is always different. Uh, so what do they see, actually, instead of which page has been loaded? Same when you look at personalization. We show different things to different people on our homepage. So just having a report where you know that the homepage has been seen 10,000 times doesn't tell you what was on that page at the moment people visited. So those challenges, uh, we, also, we also try to solve them with our approach that we were looking for. And there was also the fact that yeah, the implementation of this new data layer would be really... A, quite heavy investment from the organization because of the scale of the platforms. So this was also something that they were willing to do. But of course, they don't want to do this every two years, for instance. And what is the case in many companies that you see today is that there are new implementations happening every two or three years because all too often a web analytics implementation is based on the specific vision of one person. So the person that's in charge of the implementation at the moment, lead technical web analyst, for instance. And when, once that person switches roles or goes to another company, someone else come in, comes in and he has his own vision and they will go through an entire implementation again. So we wanted to prevent those kinds of situations and just make sure that the investment was worth it for doing it once and you don't have to do it every couple of years again. And that's when we came up with a framework that we've called the, the Genetic Digital Data Layer Framework, where we changed the vision of going of starting from page-based tracking to event-based. So everything that happens on a, on a web page can be considered as an event because already now, so all the user interactions happening, they are already, they are already seen as browser events. So for people who are familiar with a bit of customization with analytics, they already work with those events probably. So we want, can, want to track things like, okay, someone clicks on a button, someone submits a form, a specific piece of content uh, has been seen by the user. Those are all events happening in the browser. So what we've done is we've made those events so abstract as possible. So we start thinking, all right, don't think on a, a specific page level. So don't look at what is on that page and what we want to track now. No, just think on the component level of a CMS. So within your CMS, uh, your developers, they build components, which can then be used to create pages by a content manager. And it's based on those components, that level, that you will start thinking, thinking about your tracking. So every time a button component, for instance, is being used, we want to know if that button has been within the viewport of, of the, the visitor. So has the user seen that button? And we want to know if someone has clicked on it. So those are two events that you want to know for every button. So we'll tell the developer, start implementing those events on the component of a button. And once a content manager uses it on the page, the tracking is already included and we don't need to add it then. So this has some advantages that one, it's clear where the responsibility is for implementing tracking. It cannot be forgotten because it's already present in the CMS. And also as an analyst, you know that that tracking is available uh, and you don't need to create specific briefings every time a new page is created by someone. So there is a lot of time saved there for the web analyst that he, uh, what, what he norm would normally be spending on creating briefings, he can now spend on analyzing the data. So that's how we started our vision. So really abstract events happening on a page. When we ended up with a list of, I believe, uh, 15 components that are typically in use within uh, CMSs to build pages. And on those 15 components, we had like 20 
or 25 different events happening. So that's our entire list. We have a tagging plan with 25 events. And then for every of those events, we just add in the, uh, the variables that you need to know. Because as an analyst, it's great to understand when something is happening. So when is an event occurring? But to make sense of it, to really uh, be able to give advice based on those events, you need to understand the context of the events. So that's why where, when the variables come in. So for every event, you define a couple of variables that, you, that are need to be present uh, to, make, to be able to make your analysis. So for instance, again, back to the example of our button, for every button component, we want to know the name and the placement for where is the button uh, placed on the page and maybe also the text of the button. So those can be different variables being used for every button that is being placed on the page. So that's the idea of the framework. Yeah, so the other challenge is, okay, you want to make it sustainable. You want to be able to be sure that this, you only need to implement it once uh, and not again every time someone comes in again, new people enter the organization or when new tools are being used by the organization, like the organization switching from Adobe Analytics to Google Analytics. Those situations also would need an entire new implementation. So what we've done, we want to make our framework completely vendor agnostic. And we started there with not building a real data layer because the data layer is always agnostic. It uses specific syntax based on the tag manager you're using. So Google Tag Manager has their own syntax. Adobe doesn't even really have a syntax that they prescribe. They refer to the, the W3C guidelines created almost 10 years ago. Telium has their own have their own syntax for data layer. So all those vendors have their own syntax. So what we've done is we decided to just all the implementation stuff, so the implementation of the events itself, we decided to stick with simple vanilla JavaScript and HTML data attributes for the variables. And we've created a JavaScript that just listens to those events happening on the page. They It puts it them in an array, just like an event queue. And so we have an event queue that builds up. Uh, when, the, when those events happen on the page, when, while the user scrolls through your website. And then we have a translator script that translates the entire event queue to the syntax that is expected by your tag manager. So when you use Google Tag Manager, those events will be translated to a data layer dot .push syntax. Uh, if you have a team uh, data layer, it will be translated in another way. So what we have is JavaScript and HTML data attributes being implemented on the on the platform. So that's the responsibility of your developer. And he does that on the CMS template level, not on the page level. Next to that, you have one script that runs on the website, we call, uh, uh, which will listen to those events. So it's our event subscriber. And then you have a translator script that translates those events to the syntax that's expected by your marketing tools. From then on, it's the responsibility of your uh, web analyst that's in charge of the tag manager to decide what events need to be sent to where. So you can decide within the tag manager, all right, I want these events to be sent to Google Analytics, to be Adobe Analytics, to our marketing platforms, to our Facebook pixels, those kind of things. Uh, that's all from uh, the side from within the tag manager. So you, again, you don't implement different codes for Facebook, for Google. No, it's just one, one implementation, one event, and it can be sent to multiple tools, but not by implementing the, the tool-specific code on your platform itself. The benefits there are, of course, the implementation is much clearer, and all the vendor-specific or the tool-specific things those are uh, you, you expect that the web analyst the, or the marketeers, the people working with those tools, that they understand uh, how those tools uh, expect the data coming in. So that's a bit the framework that we implemented. And what we've done is, so at, at Superweek, I present this framework. Uh, I've got a lot of nice feedback on it uh, from the people present. Uh, and we decided to make the uh, framework open source. So it's available uh, for everyone who wants to use it. Uh, it's not something that we... Uh, claim 
so the open source code can be shared uh, in the the um, the notes uh, of the podcast afterwards. I think for uh, who's interested. Yeah, we'll do that, and that's um, excellent and great thing to opening your code up to people. Your framework sounds great. The question my here is: How big of a company should it be for it to be a good idea for them to switch to your framework and not go specific to one of the tools that they can implement themselves? Some of the ideas of the framework, they're just best practices, uh, which I would recommend to everyone. So using event-driven approach is something that everyone should start using. It's also what you've seen with Google Analytics, switching uh, to the new app uh, plus web uh, measurements uh, protocol. Um, <clears throat> they are switching to a more event-driven uh, approach. Um, so, but that can be which, like with Google Analytics, something event specific. So, for the size of a company to make this useful, the benefits are larger for large corporations. So, to give you an idea, some of our clients that are using it at the moment is Ascent in the Netherlands with over 3,000 uh, employees, multiple brands. We have Bolze, so from the sound uh, systems, they have it implemented on their platforms worldwide. We have an insurance company in Belgium who is implemented also. 2,000 employees, I think. So it's the larger corporations who are using it at the moment. But the framework can be implemented on any platform. The thing is, you need to do an entire new implementation of your data layer. So what we mostly recommend to our customers is when you would do a new implementation anyway, do it in this way. Then it's, you know, it's future-proof. It doesn't matter if you will be changing tools somewhere in the future or not. But if there's no need at the moment to redo your implementation or existing platform, then just stick with what you have and you can build, continue building on that. Because it, it's still quite an investment to just build, uh, implement your entire data layer uh, over again. So that's mm. really useful when you go to a new platform or are switching tools at the moment, something like that. That's a good situation to uh, implement it this way. Would it be a good idea when you're redoing your web page to also redo your whole data layer? Or would you say that first do all of the technical stuff for your new new web page and then go do the analytics? No, I think if you would do redo your your website, just take the data and the analytics part with it from the start. Uh, just make it one of the requirements that needs to be uh, included because it also at the organization we work with so within the definition of done for pe- for organizations working in a, in a scrum uh, way uh, an agile way the definition of done includes analytics component as well so tracking needs to be present and it needs to be verified by an analyst uh, before something can be uh, released Yente, if people would like to talk to you about uh, analytics implementation where can they find you? They, they can always reach out to me Find my, my LinkedIn profile or on the Measure Slack. So there's a, there's a Slack community for uh, people active uh, professionally in the, in analytics. It's called Measure Slack. Go look it up if you're not uh, part of it yet. Okay. Well, so add the link to the show notes to that. All right. Great. And then be in. I'll be, I'll be going to Measure Camp Bratislava within a month. So at the end of March, and I'm. Oh, Probably I'm also at Measure Camp Amsterdam, but I don't have a ticket yet. I'm on the waiting list there. And also in Measure Camp Brussels later this year. So I'm quite of a, I'm quite a fan of Measure Camp. Or, uh, <laughs> All right. So uh, I wanted to ask you what the conferences would you recommend to people to go to, but it seems that Super Week and Measure Camps are the places for uh, analyst, uh, analysts to go, right? Yeah. So those are really community-driven events and i myself get most value value out of those events where you have a lot of time for networking and discussing with your peers 
and I often value those more than just uh, really good keynotes. But yeah, that's my point of view. All right. Yente, thank you very much for being the guest on the podcast number 32. It was a great pleasure hearing about the framework for analytics that you've developed. And I think that's it. You can say goodbye now. All right. Bye. And thanks for having me, Peter. Bye-bye.